On the afternoon of August 18, 1973, five young people in a Volkswagen van ran out of gas on a farm road in South Texas. Four of them were never seen again. The next morning, the one survivor, Sally Hardesty Enright, was picked up on a roadside, blood-caked and screaming murder. Sally said she had broken out of a window in hell. The girl babbled a mad tale. A cannibal family in an isolated farmhouse, chainsawed fingers and bones, her brother, her friends, hacked up for barbecue, chairs made of human skeletons. Then she sank into Catatonia. Texas lawmen mounted a month-long manhunt but could not locate the macabre farmhouse. They could find no killers and no victims, no facts, no crime. Officially, on the records, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre never happened. But during the last 13 years, over and over again, reports of bizarre, grisly chainsaw mass murders have persisted all across the state of Texas. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre has not stopped. It haunts Texas. It seems to have no end. Bum, bum, bum. Well, howdy, folks. Welcome on back to this Texas Chainsaw Massacre here. Are you <laughs> making fun of my kinfolk? <laughs> what can I do you for? Shut up. <laughs> What Texas can we do toast. you for? <laughs> I hate you guys. I tell you one thing, one time. Tell you what? I tell you what? <laughs> I tell you what? Uh, <laughs> this this time we're going to discuss Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two uh, from 1986, uh, directed by Toby Hooper, written by L. M. Kit Carson and Toby Hooper. Uh, music by Toby Hooper and Jerry Lambert, uh, made on a budget of 4.5 million, so quite a bit of a bump up in the uh, the budget on this one. Only made eight million in the box office though, so it didn't oh. have the return that the first one did. This movie held up, and they had Tom Savini. Oh God, it had a lot going for it. This is a this is a good one, folks. <laughs> Principal players, Caroline Williams, who plays Vanita Stretch Brock, uh, the yeah. final girl of the movie. Stretchy vagina. Uh, vagina Stretch. She's a DJ um, at Brock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was actually in Days of Thunder of uh, later on, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and uh, Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, uncredited as a reporter in that movie. She was in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, uh, The Unleashed, Hatchet 3, Contracted, Seed 2, Tales of Poe, Tales of Halloween, Blood Feast, Veronica, uh, Psycho Granny, 10 Minutes Psycho Midnight, Granny. Hanukkah. So basically, <laughs> yeah. she did Days of Thunder. Yeah, yeah, basically. She's been in a lot of like low-budget horror movies in the last like 20 years. Like Then Hanukkah, I think, is like one that came out in 2021 or 2022, so she's still working. Hanukkah? So. What, is, what is it, like a bunch of Jewish people try to take down Christmas? Uh, no, I think it's supposed to be like some kind of killer that's themed around the, uh, that he's like killing rabbis or something. I don't know. It's, Black it's Hanukkah. He that. kills one every it's day a, for 12 days. Yeah, it's Black Hanukkah, basically. <laughs> Uh, they have eight crazy nights in that. Uh, <laughs> he's hiding up in the attic. It's, his name's uh, not Billy, but, you know, it's uh, something, some kind of, uh, you know, rip off of that. We have Bill Johnson playing Leatherface, a.k.a. Bubba Sawyer in this one, uh, who's sexually frustrated in this movie and rebelling against the family uh, for once. He he's just growing wanted, up. He just wanted to give some hard steel. <laughs> he he's wanting to get a little of that stretch action going on. He wanted to stretch Vanita up. That's right. Uh, uh, he was actually in the Texas Comedy Massacre uh, <laughs> at one point. 
uh, did a video game voiceover. Uh, he did a lot of video game voiceover work for the Ultima series. Uh, Supernatural Activity, he was in that, Killer Be Killed, Lucid, and The Caretakers. Uh, Jim Seedow uh, returns as Drayton Sawyer, a.k.a. The Cook, formerly The Old Man, who's famous for his barbecue. And God bless him, because I love every line he delivers in this fucking movie. He's great. <laughs> oh, dude, the best part is when they're on the chili cook-off, and there's a fucking digit, the bone digit. Oh, yeah. And he just, he just doesn't even skip a beat. Just pulls just it un- that, that's just uncooked peppercorn right there. It may be all right. <laughs> he didn't even, he says, oh, shit. <laughs> That'd be funny if it was ad-lib, too. It would have been, yeah, that would have been really be good. He just improvised it in. <clears throat> uh, Bill Mosley is playing Chop Top Sawyer, Vietnam vet and music enthusiast. Uh, uh, <laughs> Chop Top is, he's so great in this movie. Like, I, I, I love that character. Uh, Ken Everett's playing Grandpa in this one. I'm pretty sure he's a full zombie in this one. Like, <laughs> uh, he has a little bit more movement, but I mean, he's supposed to be 138 years old in this movie. I don't know how that works. Um, and then we have the late, great Dennis Hopper playing Lieutenant Lefty Enright. Former Texas Ranger, dual chainsaw wielding uncle to Sally and Franklin. And Lefty Enright. Some... See that? You know what sucks? That is that is a fucking name. Lefty Enright. Yeah. Lefty Enright. Yep. <laughs> you, you, you know what sucks about uh-uh. that character is I like Dennis Hopper, but man, that character didn't really fit the the movie. And I that, but of all the people for him to come back in revenge is the shitty dude in the the cripple in the wheelchair. With a shitty attitude. Well, Clearly, he he's, he's getting revenge for Sally too, because I think they they reveal in this that she died in a, like a mental institution or something. Like just you know, a few years after the events in the first movie, like she couldn't handle it anymore or something. Like what happened to her? They so, found out she shot herself in the back of a van. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, <laughs> she got Clinton. Oh. Uh, uh, Dennis Hopper's been legit movies. <laughs> Easy Rider, Blue Velvet, uh, Romero's Land of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> Not legit, but hilarious. Super Mario Brothers. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Waterworld, Water World, Space that one. True Romance. Yeah. I have, of all those movies, I have only seen Waterworld multiple times. How have you not seen Easy Rider? That's such and a Super good Mario Brothers. fucking movie. Easy Rider is one of my favorite fucking movies. He he is really good in Land of the Dead just because he's still playing one of those out there characters like he did in this movie. Wait, and, I've and seen Land of the Romance. Dead, haven't I? Yes, you have. He, he, he's the shitty guy that runs the tower. Yes, okay. Yeah. I've, God, Land of the Dead. I have watched that like five plus times, which is excessive for La Arena. You know, I always had an idea, and I, I wonder if he would have been able to pull it off if he played Hannibal Lecter. Oh, yeah. He looks like Hannibal Lecter. No, he, he could have pulled that off. I, I think he's a good actor, man. Yeah. Um, and uh, his his scene in True Romance, working opposite uh, Christopher Walken, is you have to if you don't see any of that rest of that movie, you need to watch that one scene because them like staring each other down with their weird mannerisms, and then like the lines he delivers. I mean, he delivers the hard N word like multiple times in one scene basically saying that you know since christopher walken is sicilian that his family ancestry might have a little bit darker shade oh, to yeah. it than he claims that it does mm-hmm. yeah it rolled a little too easy off the tongue <laughs> it did like it came natural to him it that, was improv <laughs> a lot of practice doing this 
Uh, synopsis, 12 years after the events of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the family behind the brutal murders in Newt, Texas, were never found. Rumors of chainsaw homicides persist, but the perpetrators uh, were, are, are, were, are just on the loose. Radio DJ uh, Stretch uh, bears witness to one of these murders during the broadcast of one of her call-in shows and tries to take the evidence to the police. Her path leads her to Lefty Enright, a former Texas Ranger who is on his own crusade to bring the killers of his niece and nephew to justice. Technically, his nephew, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, beefy Texans are turned into prime meat. Stretch tries to beat the world record for most time spent screaming in a movie. Mm-hmm. Leatherface gets off with a chainsaw, which is remarkable, but he does. Mm. Chain top or chop tops chews up the scenery, and Lefty has one of the best chainsaw duels in cinematic history. And after a decade of silence, the buzz is back, which is what the tagline was for that movie. So there you go. Fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> you, you know the biggest problem I have with the chainsaw scene? He's from Texas. He's a Texas Ranger. He probably has property, and the motherfucker don't have a clue how to operate a chainsaw. Ah, uh, that is true. That is true. He should have been like sawing down some like trees somewhere on his property. And that when he went to cut I, that stump, he should have like he should have been especially the 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 chainsaw he had was a beast. I think he should have been just mowing through that motherfucker. If it, before we talk about that though, what about and this is Toby Hooper's sense of humor amped up to the nth degree in this movie, the old man who sells in the chainsaws who's literally getting off watching yeah. him like go to town on that that log out back or whatever when he's trying it out, he's just sitting there. He's like, damn, he's, he's yeah, really yeah. Using that chainsaw. You're really good with that. And he's like, Ew, <laughs> I was just watching that. I was just like, this is. Out of all the ways you could have did that, it would have been badass if he just got it and started and just started mowing through that log instead of hammering down the blade. Oh my god! What uh, body count in this movie? Um, surprisingly low, considering it's there's only eight. Buzz and Rick the prick. It's <laughs> not about prank to it's Not about quantity. It's about quality of kill. And these had some quality kills. That there, there was some good ones. Uh, LG beaten with a hammer, skinned alive, and bled out. Oh, that is so uh, good. Lefty uh, blown up with a grenade while also taking out Drayton, Leatherface, and Grandpa. And then, of course, Chop Top, who's cut up with a chainsaw and then falls into the tunnel at the end of the movie. I don't think the explosion was very... And it, then she does... It was pretty the, small. She does the Leatherface dance Yeah, at the she end. does. They should have made... Like, MC Hammer should have made a song about it or something. <laughs> really I mean like well no we had Hammer did a song and then even um, Bobby Brown did a song who would have been like who could have made a Leatherface song for the Leatherface dance White Snake Mm, here we go again down this road and then instead of guitar (laughs) you just hear a chainsaw rubbing yeah I like that 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 would have fit. I mean, with uh, if you're going to have especially Stretch dancing to it, you know, in the background. Yeah. I mean, she looks like mm-hmm. she could have crawled out of a. Yeah, when she was video. doing that dance, I was dying. It's like they what lifted it from. It was funny. I was laughing because I was thinking it was about the first one. Yeah, I know. When he's on the porch getting after it. <laughs> Uh, well, just discussing the movie. There are so many good things in this movie, like just uh, out there. Like Chop Top is takes the cake for me. Like the moment you're introduced to him, and he's sitting there scratching underneath this shitty ass wig that he's got on, <laughs> and and he's eating bits off of it occasionally. And then whenever you see actually why he, he's scratching his head, and it's like that 
oozing like wound around his like metal plate that he got while he was in Nam. Like shitty government metal. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and, and and he's pissed off at Leatherface. You put a dent in this. When I go back to the VA, I'm going. They're going to have to buff this out. <laughs> Oh, his character is so fucking good in the movie. Really, I hated him. <laughs> I, he nailed that role. Like I did what he was not like him. This pure you, fucking chaos. You know how you got that role? He was actually he did a spoof of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre called the Texas Chainsaw Manicure. Oh shit! And uh, he was and he and he did the exact voice that he did for Chop Top in that in that little short film. Film, and then Toby Hooper saw it and loved it so much. He said, I want you to be like basically the new Nubbins type character that's kind of out there. And he said, I want you to play. And so that's why he got, you know, involved in the movie. I, I love Chop Top. I, I, he's just great. He definitely fits the 80s era for sure of the weird, creepy person. I'll give <laughs> and him the that. fact that he's carrying around Nubbins the entire time and talking for Nubbins is even better. I don't know if you noticed that, but that corpse is Nubbins. Nubbins. I did not around. know is that, that was Nubbins. I didn't know. It was I knew at the Nubbins. end it was, but I did not know prior to that. That was hilarious. Him having that dummy is was just like, dude. Because okay, you got Leatherface at the beginning that gets the two kids, and was that Leatherface or was that Chop Top? Because Leatherface also had a body in front of him. Uh, let I think Chop Top was driving at that time, and Leatherface was the one with with uh, Nubbins in front. Okay, of him. and that was Nubbins hanging off of him. You, you know, what? I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. You know what the best part about that scene? It still holds up from when I was a kid. That's about the scene where those two guys are like, you know, dicking around the road, getting like solid at. From, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I remember that scene being hella good, and like watching it as adults, like God damn. This scene held up so fucking good. The effects are crazy in that scene too, especially mm-hmm. whenever his head, like head, starts to separate. Yeah, like you can see it. Like, oh yeah, uh, Buddy Tom's doesn't even mini, have a man. clue. Buddy doesn't even have a fucking clue, and he looks over. He's like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, this movie got a lot of. I, I sounded like my daughter. Like, whoa, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> Dude, I, I just remember this movie so much as a kid, and I was kind of worried about rewatching it. And when I did, I was like. Fucking A, this movie standed the test of time. It's still a good fucking movie. I mean, oh, it sh- holds up entirely. Big shocker for everyone listening to this, but this is my first time seeing part two. Oh, <laughs> you you missed it. Did I? Yeah, because you, when you watch a movie when you're young, you're kind of an idiot, and then you get older and you rewatch and you realize a lot of them sucked, and then you watch the ones that actually held up. You're like, holy shit, this was a good movie. Well... But that's not my fault. I, I'm not the, blaming the you. The sad thing is, though, is if she if she does end up liking this movie, which we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, at least she was introduced to it at some point in her life, and it didn't like skip by because nobody knows about this movie outside. You have to have it recommended to you. See, I've tried to get my <laughs> I mean, wife to watch a lot of these movies over like the years, and she never wants to. And now it's like, let's watch all these movies. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's watch these movies. I'm not awesome. like I. There's no enthusiasm in a let's watch this film. It's like we have to watch this for the show. You feel that way. <laughs> I, I know. Don't. So I'm don't, like, hell yeah. Don't Let's make re- it seem like I've had this change of heart where I'm like, we have to, like, oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> to me, I love rewatching mo- these movies. It's I like- know you do. <laughs> 
Uh, my favorite thing is if, when they introduce the, they them introducing Chop Top allows Drayton that much more he can play off of because he gets so much mileage out of reacting to Chop Top in this movie. Like they're constantly going back and forth against each other. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> calling him nappy headed <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. It calls, it calls him and uh, Leatherface Fudge Packers at one point. <laughs> I about died. I about died. Like, I was like, okay, I know you can't get by with this now, but, like, that's hilarious. <laughs> that, uh, this is it, a good movie. It, and, and then this the whole a- scene, which is, I, I've tried describing this to people, and they give me, the, I guess, the proper response. But if you see it, and it's glorious for what it is, the scene where Leatherface is trying to romance Stretch with a chainsaw. Oh, my God. Fucking. Wow. That was hilarious. <laughs> not going to lie. That was pretty hot. Down. <laughs> not she's even. She's got all that water all over from the ice that he's chopped up. And, like, he's just sitting there. And she's like, well, how good are you with it? And all that. Because she knows oh, he's that's show you. <laughs> this to lean into it. <laughs> not even if you had the battery out of the Ryobi. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What what do you think about that going into it? Like for a final girl, Stretch is uh she's a spicy one because like she totally plays in the like leather. She picks up on Leatherface's like obsession with her pretty, uh, you know, early on, and she just leads into she's like I'm gonna die if I don't you know lead him on. So this she is what's happen. did a good job, but Jennifer Lawrence did a way better job back yeah. in the sixties. That, yeah. that is true. When Jennifer Lawrence first became a final girl, she she was the best. Mm, yes. and we, we just have to give her a prop. Well, she was the first, so she was automatically the best. So, um, <laughs> If you ain't the first, you're the last. I, I like how Stretch did lean into that because that is a thing that women would absolutely do and have done in terms of real-life situations where they've been like, okay, I'm going to lean into what I can do to possibly survive this situation. Um, and I... I, I mean, like maybe she was into him. He can run equipment. He has a dad bod. He's definitely into arts and crafts. Look at his face. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's skilled with uh with all kinds of uh you know saw like in- implements because that little uh you know hand cutter you know hand saw that he had or electrical saw he did a pretty good job of cutting off LG's face with that thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, give him props yeah. for what the man's skill. He's hey. probably a hell of a cook. His dad's his dad won the chili cook off. If she ever gets pregnant and the baby won't come out, he can perform the episiotomy. I like that. No one says you got to live, but man. <laughs> <laughs> what about the scene later on where uh, Leatherface, like, to, you know, I, I don't know if it's like a comfort thing for him, but like he takes LG's face and puts it on hers, and then, like, and then she keeps trying to take it off, and he's like, no, no, no you leave that there. <laughs> no, you look better. <laughs> you look so much hotter. Keep yeah. this on. <laughs> You're one of me now. <laughs> Yeah, that part was so creepy too, because when he comes up, he's just you're just like, oh fuck, dude, and it's so and it's wet, like it's oh, the yeah. she even comments how it's like sticky because it's still got the blood on it. Like, yeah, when well, I that, but like I think he had the realization at a certain part, like holy fuck, she's wearing my face, hmm, so hot. <laughs> I think that and you I know think what? That made it hotter. Yes, you know what? It's <laughs> like her. when women wear their husbands' t-shirts and they love that shit. I love the smell of this fresh face. <laughs> It reminds me of you. Let, let's just admit it, though. If it wasn't for fucking Lefty, she would have been in that situation to begin with. Why the fuck does he pick up like a rotted hand and hand to her? It's like, you grab this little sister, you grab this, and I'd you see, crawl out of there. I don't think he it's realized like, that, that that was a hand because you had the epiphany afterwards. He looked at it, he's like, oh, shit. 
I think he thought it was a branch, and he's, he's trying to extend it to her. Hold and on. Just... Hold on. Side tangent. Side tangent here. We had a song picked out that we were going to play for the outro, okay, that it has to do with some part of this film. I'm sure we'll get mm-hmm. to that. But I really think we should be playing Little Sister by Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> I, I mean... He does say little sister quite a bit in this He movie, does. So. <laughs> little sister. It's like he has to establish that he's not sexually attracted God. to her when he probably I, is clearly sexually attracted to her. Well, no, no, wait, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, I got to back you up on this a little bit before you, you go into like Luke and Leia territory because according to Caroline Williams in an unfilmed uh, part of the script, there is a scene between Lefty and Stretch where she talks or tells him that she already knows his name because her mother used to talk about a Lefty that she knew. And it's very heavily hinted that Lefty is her, you know, basically her father that, you know, didn't, that didn't even know he, you know, she's a bastard kid to him, basically. I'm so So, glad that got cut from the movie. Yeah, we didn't need that. (laughs) That just, little sister. I'm your sister. Because she, she, I'm your sister. She said that she, uh, that scene where she sits down beside of him, like on the steps or whatever, and like he's telling her that she needs to play the, you know, the the record or the recording or whatever, you know, to try to, uh, you know, not revealing that he's wanting to draw out the Sawyers. But like, you know, that scene where she sits down, she's like, you know, she kind of looks at him. She says in her mind, the way she came from that character was that unfilmed part of the script. She was like eyeing him up and down. It's like, this could be my dad. Like, I, you know, I, who is this guy? You know, that's how she, you know, interacted with him as far as like her acting went. So. See, I think it should have been the angle of a little bit of sexual tension plays a little bit more. Like he's just a fucking outlaw type ex, ex like ranger type dude or wherever the fuck. I think. That is a little more. The whole, that's like, that's a stretch. Like, really? He's your dad? And you're like, stretch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, 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 there would have been a good scene where she goes to the hotel room. They, they could have built a little more tension there between them. And it would have gave him, and like, she could have made the move or whatever, kind of, and he could have shunned her off. And then they could have played an angle, like, he used that as a, a way to get her to play it without her knowing that. That's that's true. I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, technically, according to at least Caroline Williams' headcanon for this, she is the illegitimate daughter or whatever of Lefty in, in the film. So what, however you want to play that. But, yeah, I mean, they don't reveal in the movie, so it's not official. So, um, But back to the rotted hand that he was trying to rescue her with. He had yeah, a chainsaw. The, he could have, like, <laughs> le- he could have leaned that down. He could have gave her the handle and he could have held the blade. That's true. He had that long chainsaw. I don't know why he didn't attempt yeah. something that way. He had a three foot bar on it. <laughs> and he does a terrible job later on because there's several points where she gets caught because of the shit that he's doing up, up yeah. top or whatever, where he's sawing <laughs> through those fucking, you know, support beams. She just <laughs> ran into the arms of her boyfriend. It was totally fine. Yeah, but that, uh, that, yeah. that she was fine. But that kind of further plays into his character where he didn't really give a shit what was happening. He just yeah. wanted them, the fuckers, to go bye bye. Well, and it was clearly established that he used her so that yeah. he could find he them. Did. So, I mean. He, and that's the other thing. When he said, to your point, when he sees her and she's got the. Actually, Grandpa did a good hit on, on her. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's got that bloody wound on her head. He takes one look at it and he's like, ah, what the fuck? I'm just here to blow him up or to kill him anyway so yeah. who gives two shit like he doesn't react like he cares that sorry little hurt. sister 
I mean, he tells her to get out of there, but yeah. that's about the extent of his, you know, run, little her. sister, run. I, I love that line, though, because he says some of the batshit crazy lines in this movie. He walks in there after he says some, he's like singing some kind of song, and I'm the Lord of the Harvest. And then Drayton, not missing a beat, he's like, Is that some kind of uh, health food organization that's come <laughs> moving on me? <laughs> Goddamn hippies. You know what? This kind of establishes that, okay, so I know you had mentioned that uh, you had asked about uh, the first one being kind of a dark comedy, um, and yes. it is listed as a horror comedy. It is That's the criteria of that film or the genre. But I thought after a while, I mean, this one's definitely more of a horror comedy. Like, it's out there comedy. Oh yeah, he he takes every bit of the comedy in the first one and makes it, it just lays it on the table for everybody in this. Yeah, one. Uh, and that was intentional because Hooper himself, like on that shocking truth documentary, said that he was so. He said for two for twelve years, he said nobody picked up on the comedy he intentionally put in the original Chainsaw movie, and he said when he got the chance to make the second one, he went he brought it out full bore. He's like, okay, it's supposed to be goofy, folks. Deal with it, yeah. you know. Like here it is. What what did you think of the first kill, the dudes in the car? Uh, it's it was very well executed. I mean, uh, I, I was kind of disappointed because Tom Savini reveals like in the special features uh, that he actually there's a scene where he he built a device underneath like you know the scalp to where the guy's head like it was kind of like this balloon type thing to where it would like push the scalp off and you could see it like separating and then it would fall off but he said that they that whoever edited the movie cut that entire thing out and just it did a quick cut to where you just seen it's already sliced in half you know uh, you know squirting the blood out so lame. yeah he said that it was a lot cooler effect the way he he did it originally. Oh, I thought it was badass, especially when the like the chainsaw just cut right through the fucking door. A a beefy chainsaw like that would just fucking moat through that thing. <laughs> uh, he he talked about the effects he did for Chop Top, which were pretty good. He said that uh, Bill Mosley was you know uh, helped him out immensely by shaving his head bald so that they could uh you know it, it, he said it saved him like an hour and a half like on the applying the you know the the uh the metal part of his skull or whatever you know the metal plate uh to you know prosthetic and then that of course he said bill mosley was one that actually uh, chose the teeth i think or wanted like some goofy teeth in there now that and, that uh, really worked well with the character <laughs> and then he said that grandpa the guy who played him they said that they did a lot of different situations so that they didn't have like what happened to john dugan like it wasn't like he wasn't in the makeup chair for hours and uh they and it was specifically savini who suggested that they do a close-up on grandpa at the end when he's like sucking on the uh like especially like the bloody like coat hanger that yeah. you know oh uh, yeah because he said that they they gave him specifically like these like you know contact lenses to make him have those milky dead looking eyes or whatever, and like they said they wanted a, a close up of them or whatever. Yeah, you know and what it I was loving too because it's so gross, especially were, when he's got like the spit that comes rolling back out. What made me laugh? There's a subtle part. I don't know if you probably you probably remember it. It's when uh, JD's walking up the stairs and he sees the other vehicle, so he spits on it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, when LG's walking up there and he's just like, and he just uh, spits like he always does. He he stops to spit whenever he's got, like, the skin cut off his face and off of his chest. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> like, he couldn't even stop spitting at that point. But I was just laughing. <laughs> like, it shows that he kind of had the hearts for the girl, and then he saw yeah. the other pick of there. He's like, hey, motherfucker. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he's going to move. Somebody was moving in on his girl, and there was there was tension between Stretch and LG. Like, I mean, it looked like she she was she was keeping him in the friend zone, but she was almost almost on the verge of you know like let's you know taking to, him back off you know and then putting him on the regular roster. So yeah. <laughs> let's just go to the bar and have a cocktail tonight. <laughs> Yeah, he he, I, I hated that for him too. I was like, "Damn, you you were that close to getting out of the friend zone, and you got you. I mean, you, you got beaten the head with a hammer. You got your face ripped off, and then she was wearing your face. Yeah, a good old face, a face. Closest off. that they were gonna get to kissing. Yeah, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then she put his face back on him. I was like, he didn't need that. Yeah, that was unnecessary. <laughs> What about the end of the movie where Lefty, his go-to move for Drayton is to saw his asshole out? <laughs> <laughs> and Drayton has to comment on it. He's like, it's, he says some of the funniest slides about that. He's like, my insides are running out my ass or whatever he says. And he's like, it's over with, Grandpa. We're, we're done. <laughs> I, that end of that movie, I don't know how you can watch that and not enjoy it for just how out there it is. Like the entire scene between all of them interacting. You know, the thing I didn't like that uh, that was when I seen it, I was like, "Come on now!" Like that's a little too much. Was a cell phone in, oh. inside that dude's car? The uh, the dad or the brother that like, there's no way that broke dick motherfucker living in that shithole had a cell phone in his car back in the eighties. <laughs> No, that's no fucking way. Well, I mean, he's oh, he's going across Texas, winning all those uh, those competitions and stuff. There's money. Okay, then why are they living where they're living? Because they have to be hidden because they're doing what they're doing. I that don't is know. true because if because you remember he had a whole wad of cash that he was offering yeah. uh, uh, Dennis Hopper, and he's like, "How much do I have to pay you to get you the fuck out of here?" You know, and it, like, it would have been more realistic if they had a CB radio. I would have got behind that. Like he, they hit him up on the radio. Yeah, I mean, because cell phones were really fucking expensive back then, and I don't know. CB but... radios are cheap. They have a giant broad range of bandwidth. Yeah, but more of a chance of them getting caught, too. I, I Look what they're like. He's serving human like... body parts to people with, with bones still in it. I mean, come on now. I kind of feel like, though, that, that that's probably like uh, Toby Hooper himself <clears throat> trying to, uh, you know, just go the extra mile and, and, you know, say, you know, they're living the high life now, or at least Drayton is, you know, yeah. and kind of showing that. And it's funny, too, because in real life, uh, Jim Sidow was talking about whenever he was playing, you know, when he came back to do this movie, he said that the budget was so much better he said like instead of all the shit they had to deal with in the first movie he said they were staying in the best hotels they were getting the catered the best food he said it was a joy to work on this one compared to the first one yeah <laughs> so and the first life, actress was probably like you son of a bitch <laughs> um the music in this movie Mm. This has got some fucking great songs in it. It really does. Like, I mean, just because of the DJ station, the yeah. scenario they got set up. Um, specifically, I, I thought it was interesting hearing the cramps. The, oh, the yeah. one particular song from Wednesday that has been blowing up, you know, everywhere because of her dance. But that was um, that was crazy to hear. And I know you had given me a heads up, but you didn't tell me what song it was. You're like, oh, you're gonna recognize the song. Oh, my it? wife was like, oh my god. I started doing the whole dance and everything. <laughs> she put it on TikTok. Yep. Um, but there's a lot of Psycho Billy songs in this uh, soundtrack. It yeah. fits the theme. It does, yes. 
Um, and I, I, it, it makes it more Hollywood, but this is a more Hollywood type movie. So like it, I don't know. I, it, it fits, I think, cause it, it's, it's like amped up to the nth degree and the music just goes along with it. You know, it, it, it adds to the scenery. I'm surprised it didn't do better at the box office. I'm curious. What, what did it make a total sales like to this day? I'm kind of curious that they were able to get their money back on it. I, I mean, I think it's gotten a, more of an audience since it, you know, like VHS and the cult status and all that. And I think it's being picked up more. Um, but I, th- I think that's only within probably the past 15, 20 years that it's got the audience it has. Cause for years, like it was buried, like people, it came and went and like, people were just like, yeah, that one, I don't know what that was, but that was, you know, the, the comedy and you know, the movie, like people wasn't ready for, I don't think. Yeah, have its time because to to me this is more of a cult classic than the original. It's one that you can watch more than the original for sure. Like, I mean, you can you like put this on and just like it's like a just like a, I mean, I don't I wouldn't even say guilty pleasure, but if you want to go that route, like <laughs> you know, it's one of those movies you just throw on there and it's like we're gonna have a good time. Yeah, something with the with the way the comedy works with the horror inside the movie, this it works really good. Yeah, because they don't they don't go too out there with the horror in this one at all. Like, I mean, even Leatherface, like the way that uh, you know uh, the the actor plays the character, like you can see his eyes more because of the yeah. mask that Savini you know gave him in this one. Which talking about the mask in this one, it's it's definitely more Hollywood. Like, I mean, it it's got that look to it. But I mean, he, his eyes are more prominent, so you can empathize with the character better in this one. Yeah, Licking them lips. Mm, yeah, give you some bar action. <laughs> Oh and, him, and 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 you could literally play the Lonely Island song, Jizz in My Pants. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's, just, he's just sitting there like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Um, uh, let's see. So we talked to, well, the, the story, there's no stories. That, yeah. I mean, really, it's uh, it's just an excuse. I, the visuals now, I did like that, that whole big base that they built for the Sawyers, like the lights and the way that they designed that, that was actually a cool like look to that place. Oh yeah, it came off very white trashy. Easily. <laughs> you know you know the part it, that was goofy and I, I kind of was like, come on now, was when she just happened to stop on the trap door. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's in the yeah. middle it's on the middle of where everything's driving. And there happens to be a it, trap door right there. I almost feel like though it wasn't necessarily a trap door. I feel like the place is falling apart is the vibe I got from it because there's literally like whenever the stuff starts falling, like the Sawyers don't even like for at first, they don't even really react to it. It's like, Oh, this shit happens all the time. And then whenever it starts happening more and more free, they're like, Oh, some fuckers up there, you know, messing with us. You know, it's like, it takes them a little bit. So I feel like they've had issues with that place falling apart as they went along. I think they would leads right to the lair though. I, I, I think they would have been better off if she was running through the field and that happened. And then be like, okay, yeah, you don't have a lot of traffic. No one's driving through that because he's driving that big ass fucking truck through that thing all the time. Yeah, and her just standing on it happened to collapse it. It looked kind of narrow too, it's, though. It looked like a vehicle could still drive over it. Uh, I don't know about it's, that. It it had a cartoon effect, and it fit the theme or the the overall, you know kind of sense of the movie to me like i mean it's kind of those goofy things you see in like scooby-doo and it's like okay i this movie has that vibe anyways so. yeah but scooby-doo didn't have the texas chainsaw massacre butchering people and then making food out of them 
<laughs> Scooby Natural <laughs> did. No, I'm just kidding. No, but I'm just thinking if they because not only that, but to have her like follow them on the same path they took and not cut through the field, it would have been an easy thing to have her trying to like bullshit and hide through the field and then fall down some kind of a shaft. Well, could have, would have, should have. No, I'm just saying though. I'm it, we're we're talking about the movie and this. That's the thing I noticed that would have played better. It would have worked more tangible with and and making that. Yeah, but this was the '80s. Yeah, but he did a lot of good things in, in the re- in the overall movie itself. He did a really good job, fucking having a a good horror comedy, weird, fucked up movie that had a good linear path to it for the most part. Well, speaking of the horror section of it, the one thing that did stand out there was actually a decent jump scare of the scene where. Uh, uh, and I don't know, I mean, maybe it didn't play that way for you, but the scene where Stretch is talking to Chop Top, and all of a sudden he, like, you know, he's right there near where the the records are at, like, you know, and then all of a sudden the light flips on and Leatherface comes barreling out with the, the chainsaw, out of, you know, out of the darkness. That that was a, a decent oh, yeah. effect, oh, yeah. you know, scare in the movie. Yeah, it, it worked on me, I like, because I, I, I forgot exactly how that took place, and when that happened, it, I got, it, it, it startled me. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, but I mean, the rest of the movies kind of played more for jokes after that. You so know what the it, funny it, thing but... is? If you think about that scene, if he would have moved a couple inches in either direction, he would have <laughs> cut his fucking goddamn face off. Yeah. Or the back of his, like, I was thinking about that. I was like, you stupid fuck. <laughs> 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 that could have been bad really quick. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I think we've kind of covered everything. Is there anything else you want to like talk about as far as like, you know, the movie itself before we get into like other things or the layer? I like when you're talking about the layer, I'd like the way they set it up. That was actually the layer is pretty dope. That was one of Caroline Williams' favorite things about the movie. She said that she didn't know what they had built in there when they first had her act, when they first brought her into that. And it was a massive set. She said that it was almost like, you know, like, they described it as like the best like haunted house attraction that you oh, yeah. can be in just because Easily. of all the stuff they put in there. Yeah. Hmm. And I, it actually made me think I would like to see, you know, uh, HHN like do some oh, yeah. s- smaller version oh. of that house or something. Oh, yeah. Creepy dead bodies with Christmas lights and weird shit strung up everywhere. Yes. Yeah. That's, wait. Okay. So we when we went, Benny got a badass leather face shirt uh it feels like an actual skin on his it's like the mask is on his shirt um was there a, a tcm Did, there was one huh texas chainsaw there Master. was one they, there was one the year before last yes. but it was yeah, yeah, yeah basically modeled after the first movie ex, except for the fact they put chop top in there see six flags used to do a badass one it was called the slaughterhouse oh, and there was God. a dude running around with the chainsaw with the, with the chain taken off but it, it ran on a gas engine, so you're why as you're going through the haunted house of the slaughterhouse, there's this like this smoky gas smell and exhaust fumes. It was badass. And it dude. comes out of nowhere. Uh <laughs> it's which is insane because you think they gotta rev it up or something. Uh, or maybe you just don't hear it until it does rev it up. Yeah, there's so much additional they noise. They swing that thing right by you. I pissed myself. Yeah, because you, you like you hear pigs and stuff squealing and like farm animal noises, and all of a sudden, you, boom! There's a bar of a chainsaw that comes flying through the opening. There's been a couple that I've been to, like locally here in Kentucky, that 
did like chainsaw like chases at certain points and there there it's it's definitely even with a chain off of it it's a pretty visceral reaction when somebody's at your back yeah. with a chainsaw revving your natural instincts get the fuck out of there oh yeah so. it was it's pretty good but yeah i forgot about Texas. i forgot about texas chainsaw massacre at uh, hollywood horror nights uh, that one was out of my mind apparently I think we were just rushing so hard, though. At that point, that was the second house we went into, and we didn't have fast passes at that point. Yeah. So we had been waiting, like. like, an hour and a half in each line. Yeah. And then we're like, you know what? If we don't get the fast passes, we're not going to be able to see anything. And we did, and then we saw the rest of the houses. Yeah, you think your feet would hurt from walking? No, they hurt from standing. Standing. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. Lesson learned. R.I.P. all the way. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or at least fast passes if at least else. fast pass at minimum but for 200 bucks more or i forget how much it was extra person just get vip yeah <laughs> um just discussing the just running through some of the sequels or whatever that's came out from this uh there's leatherface the texas chainsaw massacre three after part two it was more of a comedy but it didn't do as well the studio decided they were going to make a, like a more like horror based uh, sequel. And then they came out and did this one. It's uh it's got Viggo Mortensen in it of, all, of all people. Uh, and he, and he's one of the Sawyers, if you can believe it. Wow. Um, a little too pretty in my opinion to be a Sawyer, but you know, he's one ugly of the that one Sawyers. Up. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's one of those ones that lures you back to the lair basically. You okay. Know? Did um, he have, did he have a horrible accent? No, because I mean, I don't know where he's from, but he pulls off a Texan accent pretty decently, and okay. so that's that's what he went. He's more of a cowboy Texas okay. type in the movie. Okay. Um, but the weird thing is, is that I don't know where they're supposed to be set up because it's it looks like desert, and there's like another stand-in for Nubbins in this in, in three that like runs the gas station, and, but he's very perverted. Like one of the female characters when she pulls up with, I think her boyfriend or husband or whoever he is, like the entire time that he's like filling up a gas tank, he's like, yeah, you like that going in? You like how it feels going in your tank? Yeah, I bet you do. You know, like one of those things, you know, he's, and, uh, and then Tex moves in there and he's supposed to be the good guy. That's supposed to be like, now you get away from that pretty lady now, you know, like that sort of guy, you know, and it's like, you know, and then she, you can tell that she's kind of smitten by, you know, Leo yeah. Mortensen's character at that point, which Whore. to be fair, her boyfriend's kind of a, you know, a nerdy guy. So <laughs> I can kind of see why she would be ditching him. Um, but it turns out he's a bad guy anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, Ken oh. Forey makes an appearance later on in the movie. Uh, he's this uh, black survivalist that happens to uh, get his Jeep wrecked or whatever by one of the Sawyers, and like he and he ends up kicking most of their asses because they they fucked with the wrong guy on, on that one. Um, and um, the it's it's an all right movie. The the director even admits though that the version he had of the movie uh, got cut to shreds by New Line. So whenever it came out, it, it he said the movie's complete. He thinks it's a he wanted his name took off of it because it said yeah. he was so fucking stupid. Whenever you look at like the plot, the way that it plays out, that he that it, it didn't even resemble the movie that he originally made. Wow. Um, and it, it's got a weird setting. It's like they're supposed to be in like this desert type part of Texas, but then like the entire movie takes place over with the course of one night in like a swampy like area yeah. that looks more like, you know, Louisiana. So I don't know where they're technically supposed to be holed up at, but, um, and Leatherface, I don't know. He's, they play him up 
movie they show him cutting a woman's face off and then like piecing the the mask the mask together they were kind of like mimicking um since they own nightmare on elm street the scenes where freddie's putting together his like gloves or whatever that's what they were trying to do at the beginning of this one to kind of give it like a parallel that way but uh, there's a point in the movie where he's doing a speaking spell or something like Leatherface is, and like he keeps trying to spell something, and the and the little uh, computer's like that is incorrect, and he's like getting pissed off mm-hmm. because he's you know well he's a big dummy. So, um, <laughs> uh, it's 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 okay. I mean, it's got some decent elements here and there, but it's like one of those movies, like those horror movies, where it just feels like it's spinning its wheels. Like you keep seeing the same places over and over again, and it's like you know it it doesn't really have much of a I don't, I don't know. It like overstays its welcome at a certain point. It's not like quick, like the first movie is, um, TCM or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, the original writer came back for that one. And he wanted to do kind of like a meta, like commentary about like horror in general. And the first, the first part of the movie starts out really good because it's like this cheesy, I don't know, cheesy, but good. Like, these kids are like in a high school prom that like, and it's Renee Zellweger, like before she came famous for Jerry Maguire. Uh, and then she's out and she's got like this hot, you know, like friend or whatever that's with her. And, uh, they, they all like, they're leaving prom, but like they, this guy crashes into them out of nowhere. And so they go this, like this, uh, there's this one place that's open nearby and it's this woman named Darla who's like supposed to be a, what's that isn't she like a lawyer or something like that well she i think she sells homes but she could be a lawyer. i think she's a real estate agent but anyways whatever she is she's supposed to be a professional lady but the entire time she sees renelle zellweger like kind of half glanced at her boobs at one point and she's like she's like you like them she's like yeah i had to pay a good penny for these and but she like talks about how that uh it helps uh you know get get one over on all the good old boys uh later and like these kids drive by this kind of character she is these kids drive by and like and like screaming something and she just fly, pulls her tits out like full bore shows them and she's like you like what you see you know like so weird weird character so um, what it took four movies to see titties in texas chainsaw massacre basically yeah Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. There were some but, quality but, titties by the by the time they finally they were, showed them. They were actually quality. Um, I would also she... like to point out that in the next generation, the killer wears actual heels. Yes, because he dresses up like an actual woman. That's mm-hmm. the leather face in this one is full on transgender. Yes, uh, woman. So. Uh, and, and goes around screaming a bunch, like very, very effeminate and very ineffective as far as a killer, like emotional the, the killer in this crying, <laughs> like the, the actual killer in this movie, believe it or not, is Matthew McConaughey. He's playing like Vilmer something's his name. And he's another one of the, I don't think they're Sawyer's in this one, but like, he's one of the, one of the clan and he's got, uh, which I forgot to mention this in Texas Chainsaw Three, Leatherface. Uh, Leatherface himself has like this this like harness device around his leg that that you can hear as he's like moving toward you because it's supposed to account for the fact that he hurt his leg in the first movie when he saws it. Well, in this movie, for some reason, it's Vilmer that has the the wound and the like the weird uh, contraption around his leg, mm-hmm. and it for some reason it's powered by cell phones and it's controlled by the Illuminati. According to the movie. Oh, my God. 
Um, and he's got a chip, and and that's the reason that Darla is part of that group, and she sent the kids there is because that Vilmer put a chip in her head that if she ever spoke out against them, the Illuminati would kill her. And it's got a lot of that stuff in it. Um, and the Illuminati is supposed to be a stand-in for either the audience or, or like it's it, it gets way meta, but it never explains it. It's 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 almost like what a few years later, what Scream would be. It's like trying to make a meta commentary about the horror genre in general about how goofy and stupid it was at the time um but matthew mcconaughey in this movie he he just eats up the scenery like he hearing him go on about the illuminati and all the stupid shit that he says plus the fact that whenever the very first guy he kills is kind of like the beard as like i'd like to call him like renee zellweger's character is kind of like the uh, she she doesn't really have a boyfriend, so she has this guy friend that always accompanies her to all the events. But it's kind of hinted at that he's you know he could be a, you know gay or whatever, not really into her. Uh, and the poor gay guy is like the first one that uh, well he's there when Matthew McConaughey shows up. The guy who crashed the car is still alive. He sees that he's still alive. Matthew McConaughey's like no, he's dead, and then just snaps his neck. And then looks at the kid, and then the kid's like trying to run away from it. Matthew McConaughey runs over him with his wrecker, and then backs over him, and then runs over him again. Then backs up, and then runs over him again. And does this like ten times. Like so, he he believes in overkill. I'm just gonna put it that way. Um, <laughs> Jesus, it's a goofy ass fucking movie. It really is. <laughs> I don't. And the message at the end of the movie, like Renee Zellweger does nothing. Like she like doesn't get. Like she doesn't kill any of them. Like uh, Vilmer's actually killed by a plane that, that, that flies down close enough to chop his head off with its propeller. I I don't know. I don't know, even it's, know it's, what is happening. I am so lost. <laughs> it's the Illuminati. It, yeah, and and the Illuminati shows up, picks up Renee Zellweger, and tells her that she's not going to say anything about what happened. And then they drop her off at the hospital, and then she sees Sally Hardesty being wheeled out of the hospital. I am hospital. so glad I didn't rewatch this because all I remembered as a kid was titties, and this movie was good. <laughs> so if I were to watch this, I'd be like, "What the fuck? What kind of titties were it's, they? Were they trans titties? No, they were like no, they, they were no, like breast implants. They were like in tan. She had like a tan and like I I remember. He, he's remembering. Don't talk about how nice booby implants are. <laughs> what? I don't want to. I don't want to own those things. But I'm not going to lie; they're not bad to look at. But what? What? Um, the funny thing is, too, is that Darla's like dressed skimpily through most of the movie, even if she is like hate, almost hate fucking like Matthew McConaughey through most of it. Like he's smacking her, and then like, and then but then she hates him, and then all of a sudden, like they're like she's jumping on his, you know, basically trying to dick ride him in the next scene. Like I don't. I don't know what's wrong with the lady. She's messed up, but she got a good body. I'll give her that. So there, there's that much at least. <laughs> it's it's a fucking messed up movie. I don't know what to tell you. It's if you watch it, it goes back and forth. Like uh, just a Renee Zellweger running around. She tells at one point in the movie, she tells Leatherface to shut the fuck up and sit down, and he does. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you know, and he's fully dressed up, women's clothing at that point. So you know, whatever. Um. There was a All American Massacre that came out after that, but they it was should name a cheeseburger case. after that. I would what, eat the what, fuck out of that. <laughs> I would murder that burger. <laughs> what, what was the name of the movie? <laughs> uh, it was going to be. 
it was going to be all American Massacre. It didn't really come out, but it was supposed to have been a spinoff that uh, of Texas Chainsaw Two that would have featured Chop Top and Leatherface. I kind of wish that movie had been made to be perfect. Oh, Bill Mosley as Chop Top would have been, you know, great again. Uh, that would be a good ass cheeseburger. <laughs> we had the 2003 remake. Then we had the 2006 prequel to the remake Aww. called The Beginning. Whew. That one is, I, I don't know, I've not watched it, but I've heard it's not good, so. It's a movie. Is that the one yeah. with the with the with that one girl you were talking about? No, that's next, coming up next. All right. Yeah, uh, I Texas see, Chainsaw I see. Massacre 3D that came out in 2013 that retconned the ending of the original film uh, and featured Alexandria Double D Art Daddario. Um, and that movie is not bad. What? At least in my opinion. I, I thought it was, I mean, it's got plot holes all throughout the fucking movie, but as far as like the movie itself, I mean, <clears throat> it, I, you got to remember what I watched in the course okay. of watching these. I'm going to tell you movies. right now. The only way you can watch a movie is by watching it. And apparently you were sleeping during this movie because there's major issues with well, this no, fucking he, movie. He didn't say that. He oh. said he watched a lot of movies. So compared to what he's seen oh, and this, this was not the worst of them. This was so hard to watch. Like I was watching, I was like, holy shit. You know the biggest so many gripe he had that I kept hearing was, I wonder if there's going to be any titties in this. It looks like there's going to be some titties. I don't know, man. No, some titties are going to show. That was not the biggest gripe. The biggest <laughs> gripe is the guys from the 70s were the same age as where they were now. So the dudes that were the cop and the guy at the actual house looked like exactly the same age. Well, the time the time issue in this movie is is absolutely awful because it, it's supposed to take place in like you know seventy four seventy five, and uh, Alexandra Daddario is supposed to be the baby that they rescue from the Sawyers. Uh, that's one of them, and like uh, it's supposed to be set in two thousand six or at least earlier. Or, well, I guess two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Me and Urena talked about it. it might be early 2000s at best, but there's still cell phones. But even with that, like, she's a fucking vampire or something because there's no way that she's that young. It's you not know, even like cell phones. They had smartphones. They had smartphones. They were smartphones. That, and that's what I was wondering because I was like, I didn't see what type of cell phone it was. So they're smartphones. So that tells you at a minimum it's got to be at least 2010 yes. for the average consumer to have a smartphone. Um, and well, and, and the other issue I had was is that if if they should have said it in the nineties, that would have made sense thematically correct. with what yeah. they were trying to accomplish. There, uh, what I was telling you without actually telling you because I was like, well, I'll save it for the for the episode. Is that the clothing specifically uh, Alexandria Double D Dario was wearing um, was very early to that. We're talking like two thousand two thousand two at the latest. Some of the stuff she was wearing. Um, only because I remember that time frame in my life. I remember, well, I wasn't skinny enough to wear some of the stuff that she wore because those were my fat years. But um, she, my friends wore very similar stuff. And I was like, oh, that whole outfit right there, early 2000s at best. So I was like, God, are they trying to rewind the time frame of this movie technically but not really doing a great job because obviously the cell phone. And okay. so many other things. Okay, okay. What what was her age supposed to be in this movie? Early twenties, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean that's what she looked like in the but movie. But how does that work if it's seventy four and it's we're about? It don't. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't match up at all. And then I, I said, mean, well, that, she must be a vampire. And I that boy, she's still living with her parents too. Like there's like this all this weird yeah. stuff. I'm kind of, and then she's a butcher. Oh yeah. It's like I don't know about that. I mean, it just it just ties into the the family ties. I, I, well, the butcher thing's not going to be a problem because she was working for a supermarket. And I know people who was in their twenties were working as this butcher at a supermarket. I'll so. give you that. That's not my issue. My issue is how many women do you see as butchers? With makeup and hair done. And looking and- like that. I'm going to tell you right now, she's going to be a cashier in a heartbeat. They're not going to put her back in the back room <laughs> chopping up shit. There's no way you're taking somebody like that <clears throat> and stick them in a dark corner. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, a lot of the movie didn't make what, sense, so we're not going to. That's not my worst problem with the movie. My worst problem with the movie, besides the time thing, is the fact that, first of all, like I did like the fact that the this movie did address the fact that in a in a small community that one thing that I majorly had an issue with in the remake is that everybody in that fucking town was in with the Hewitts or whatever. Like every single person was in with their like murders. Like yeah, everybody that they you know that they tried to go to it was like, well, I'm a Hewitt too. It's like, oh yeah, damn people in this town are related to this group. I mean, I, I don't know if you've been to rural America, but we're not that fucking inbred. But secondly, <laughs> it's like you know. You get, you get, um, it really pissed me off because you get like a group like that that happens and you got the good old boy justice that should have kicked in at some point. And that's what I love about the beginning of this movie is because you got the good old boy justice finally show up. It's like, they're going to, they're going to take that fuck. They're not going to let a bunch of assholes like that exist. They're going to come out there and wreck their shit up. I yeah. mean, and, and, and they, they at least showed that. Uh, but my issue later on in the movie was uh, the movie tries to paint it like you're supposed to be sympathetic to the Sawyers. And I'm like, why would I be sympathetic to a bunch of cannibals? Yeah. Yes. Like, I mean, that was a big. And, and, and the other part that made it worse was the fact that the former, or I guess he's still the sheriff, uh, you know, the, you know, he, at the end of the movie, like he just, he sees Leatherface there and like he, he allows them to kill the yeah. mayor and he's just like, peace out. Uh, you got your vengeance. It's like, no, dude, that's not what you would do in that situation. No way. Not I want even you to close. be happy now. Yeah. There's yeah. no way that would happen. This dude was eating people and not that, but it, it got to the point where even, even when he was locked up, he's still a goddamn havoc. That's why he was locked up in the basement and you just let him get off. Well, and grandma he took care one of, of him. his police officers. Like he would not just let you know, uh, you know, uh, Jed Sawyer, which is what his name is in this version. He wouldn't just let Jed get away with that. Like he would, you know, he he would be trying to bring both of them in. Well, okay, can you explain something to me because I I missed something or I didn't understand. Okay, so they okay they did not burn the house down in this film, or they did. Yes, they did uh, because they burned it showed... the original house down. Yes. Okay, so where did this other house come from? Was that ever explained? Supposedly, the Carsons that married into the Sawyers were the rich side of the family, mm. and that's where you know oh. the the mansion comes from. Okay, so Grandma Grandma Carson was the rich one. Yeah. Yes. Okay, but she okay. had married a Sawyer. Yes. Okay, and then Jed is her grandson that takes care of her, but she takes care of him something like that they don't really explain it that well so i don't know yeah like, and that, okay well, let, let's examine another part of this okay she's kind of an outcast in the community we that's the painted painted picture right gorgeous house though 
Okay, but she's supposed to be a, a heretic in the community because of the name or the past or whatever. Why is the house set up to entertain people? Because grandma had that kind of money. Do you think grandma's playing pool? Grandma's not playing pool. Okay, so who the fuck is a pool table for? People don't come over to visit you because you're an outcast. You're kind of an isolated. You're so isolated you had to give your property and estate to some girl you don't even fucking know that lives way in another st- Like You think any of the slayers issues, play pool? Issues here, man. Lots of issues. No yes. <laughs> and, and not that, but these people were probably in their later 20s. That's me being generous with the time frame. Yeah. And let, they let a random person they picked up as a hitchhiker mm. go into the house that they hadn't oh, really. Oh, yeah. Like, what? what okay. So, the, the hitchhiker thing was the dumbest thing ever. It's like, okay, we're just going to randomly let you, you know, like stay here. And like, oh, shit, he stole our stuff while he was gone. Never saw that coming. Like, you know. <laughs> You're in your, like, late 20s. You should have a better understanding of people. Like, what the fuck? So based off of my mathing, and this math does not math at all for this film, but uh, if the timeline was correct, she would have been 37 years old. If yeah. we're following the time frame of the first movie to the time frame of this remake, or not remake, Which is what but, they hint at, yes. Yes. Um, also, so 37, but if we're going off of my stupid trying to explain it away, uh, well, this clothing is more along the lines of 2002, at youngest, she would have been late 20s, early 30s. And not that, but okay, so then it gets to a point where he sees the branding on her chest. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is where we have an issue automatically. Because she was a baby when that happened, correct? Okay. You know what happens to branding and stuff like that, especially in the the years where your body is the most regenerative? That thing would have been gone. Oh, yeah. It would have healed up quite a bit more than it would have. Not only that, the amount of stretching from being a baby to being an adult. It would have went from a half moon to a full moon. Especially on that chest. It would have been a non-existent, (laughs) non-recognizable mark. Uh, do, do you think that that was the, just their way of getting Alexandria Double D Dario to show some titties as she does in this film? Um, she actually offered to show full titties. Yeah, they should have took her up on that. Her down. It would have salvaged. They turned her down. He looks so pissed. It Reverend would looks have so pissed right salvaged now. Salvaged the movie in some I'm, capacity. I'm very pissed about that. Yeah, it would have gave the movie some some redeeming qualities. Would it have taken this movie from an F rating to a double D rating? Yes, easily. <laughs> I wouldn't even argue that. So here, here's the thing, Noah. I'm not going to disagree with all the points with the plot at all, but there's two things about it. I watched Texas Chainsaw, The Next Generation, and, and you didn't, so you don't realize how fucking lousy that story is and by comparison. I got to rewatch and that now. Texas Chainsaw 3 is pretty shitty too as far as like the overall story that's going on in it. The Netflix movie is dog oh. shit. So um, And you've seen that one. That is horrible. Yeah. Um so the fact that we've got Alexandria Daddario looking pretty fine in the movie and it's got some decent kills, I'm willing to let all the other shit go. <laughs> and I'll grant you 100% all that shit applies. Like it's got dog shit story. You know what? It's terrible uh, and like it's plot but like comparison to the other ones in the in the in the franchise, it's not the worst. And the Netflix say, one not. has some good fucking kills in it. There's some good, awesome fucking kills in the Netflix one. 
The one where they're in the bus and he's going hack and slash. That, that one does have some good kills in the movie, yes. Yeah, and not that, but when it first kind of starts, you get a better understanding of the, the, the murderer himself. But it goes right off the fucking rails like 15 minutes in. Reverend, are it's you giving goes, her the hot girl pass? Are you giving this movie a hot girl pass? I'm getting a hot girl pass. I seriously am. Yeah. And the fact we that joke she about offered it all to show her, her tits in the movie and it came that close to showing them, I'm, I'm giving it a pass. I really am. It's just the branding part kind of, that, that was like the, the cherry. It's like, holy shit, a scar as a baby managed to hold up for 37 years and not get distorted in any fashion. Um. Hold on. So we're we're gonna have to move away from this. What? In order to complete, you know, this episode. But I have to ask for this particular one, which is the re not the remake. Excuse me, three D. Which why was it three D again? It, they just called it Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It, I mean, it was just it just took that name and the three Ds added on there because it was you know during the time when every movie coming out was three D. Okay. And there's a couple scenes in the movie where you see like the chainsaw being thrown at the camera. Oh, that's kind of cool. You know, all that they could have put her titties um, in three D. Go ahead, Reverend. The uh, the other thing I like about this movie though, I do like the the intro to it. You know, even though it is dumb, where all these other stories oh, come yes. from out of nowhere. But uh, they got almost every person back in this movie from the original, and I and I got to give them props for that. And did know, they get them paid? They they did get paid for this. Okay, one, so yes, that, um, that was in that one that we were talking about. Yes, with Double D Dario. I didn't realize they they Texas they were Chainsaw able to Three Double D. They were able to get a lot of the cast into it. Yeah, the, most of the Sawyers you see at the beginning of the movie are the, you know, it's you got Gunnar Hansen playing one of them. He's the bearded guy that's near the window asking. Uh, uh, Bill Mosley, you know, who's playing uh, Drayton in this version, asking him what he's wanting to do. Uh, then you've got uh, John Dugan's in that scene. So, Grandpa, the original Grandpa's in that one. Uh, Sally, or the uh, Marilyn Burns, who played the original Sally, plays the uh, old Grandma Carson, you know, in the scenes where it's showing her, like, you know, writing a letter to Heather. So, like, it brings back a lot of the original cast. You, you know, the thing I couldn't understand either that blew my fucking mind, and I was trying to wrap my head around it. Is these people that adopt her were so gung ho about helping this girl out that they just turn around and shit it on her later in life? Mm -hmm. I, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around. I don't that. think they wanted to help. I think the husband was just like, Here, I found this puppy. You've been wanting a puppy. You can't make a puppy. So yeah, here it, you go. It, he was the one that was causing so much of the shit, you know. Yeah, uh, but, at, it, in that it, scene. but if we're taking the position that they're good old boys and, and they operate on a good old boy system. I have a hard time believing that the outcome was them not giving a shit. It, it, it was a it's a hard leap for me to make that that yeah he might have got the he might have took the child for his wife, but when you take on the child like some kind of instincts are going to roll in as a guy, especially if you're a good old boy from Texas. I mean, you, you, you're enough. You're enough of a stand up person. Where you understand there's a fucking animal this, that lives in your community see, that you're, you're trying, to do something. You're trying to make. Anything in this movie makes sense when nothing in this movie really made sense. That's true. So There's you can't. Really, I mean, the plot is nonsensical. Yeah, you can't. You can't sit here. You'll pick apart the whole entire movie, and like I said, it's we, hard not to. For time frame, we have to move on. But um, it everything. There's a lot. There's just. It's hard. It's easier to pick out what maybe went right with the film because there's less of that. Okay, it, <laughs> it's if, way it, less of that. If you yeah. if you had to point out a good kill in the movie, what would what would you say it is? I, the, 
I would say I'm trying to think. When the boyfriend dies in the car crash, it was more realistic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I did like the scene where the uh, the mayor gets uh, you know fed into that you know uh, grinder or whatever toward the end of the movie. I do too, but then it's followed up with the sheriff not giving a shit. It was (laughs) that I realize that, but you're talking about the kill itself. You're not talking about like the story elements. That was pretty badass. He got his hands cut off and then just chewed the fuck up. Was there okay? Um, hold on. In this film, uh, for three D, was what did anyone ever question the storyline of this film and why it was so off the rails? I don't know. I know that the that cheesy line, uh, "Cuz do your thing." Cuz uh, do your thing. Dario did not want to say that line because she thought it was stupid, and the director's like, "No, I, I want the movie to be goofy." And she's well, like, "All right." The director no sucks. No titties and a horrible line. There's no way that character, growing up in another state, a totally different environment, would make a fucking phrase come out of her mouth yeah. like that. No, absolutely. It doesn't match well, anything. Okay, again, the actress even admitted that it was a dumb line, like she shouldn't be saying it. So. Again, we're not going to try to pretend that anything made mm-hmm. sense in this it's film. It's not that we're talking about it, and there's so many weird fucking things. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, like, the things that happen don't match the characters. It's almost as if they were on some bad psychedelic or something and came up with this movie idea and didn't logically think it through and was like nobody will know how are they gonna know believe it or not most good mo- good most good movies are written by guys on psychedelics i know okay i'm i'm aware of that i said a bad psychedelic trip okay i didn't say a good one there well there had to be a lot of people in it because there was probably a lot of minds that went into scripting oh my this god thing. i anyways it, 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 it had a lot of good ideas but none of them were executed Okay, well, we got we to gotta move on. I, I'll agree with you on that. Uh, Leatherface 2017 <gasps> tells the story of a teenage Leatherface. I've never watched it. Are I you serious? Never watched it, no. Oh, man. Okay. Yep. Not- I think you would like some of it. Like, there's there's some redeeming parts, but overall, it's a pile of shit. Okay. Uh, it is, got pretty good. Re- oh, wait. Well, okay. 70, 72% of Google liked it. Uh, 5 out of 10, IMDb. Um, let's see, Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score. Yeah, we need audience reviews. Nope, audience score is right next to Tomato Meter. Tomato Meter gives it a 27, audience 24. That's about right. Yeah, I've heard that, the, I mean, it, it tries to fill in too much of the gap for Leatherface is the biggest problem with it. Like, you didn't need to explain that stuff about him. Not that, but you, once you go down the path of trying to explain cannibalism and pure psycho behavior, you're on a slippery slope where you need to do a really good job of trying to pull it off. And if you yeah. don't, then it just fucking just... It's horrible. Well, they like got a nub and Sawyer in here. to make you empathetic towards some cannibals when it's like... How? Why am I supposed to be, yeah. you know, concerned that these people got shot the fuck up and 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 set fire to? Like they kind of deserved it. So you know what movie did a good <laughs> job of of filling in the backstory of a character, and it was done. It was done vaguely, but it was done with enough to give you a tangible position. Was Rob Zombie's Halloween? I think they gave you enough of him as a young kid being fucked up. That they, they didn't go into detail. They just give you enough of a rough draft to, to, for you to piece it together. Even with that, I still prefer not knowing anything about oh, I, Michael Myers. Yeah, I agree, but if you're going to do it, I think doing it in a vague way 
that touches on key instances kind of gives you enough where you can, okay, I understand where we're going. Yeah. And then to round out the, all the movies in the franchise, the TCM Texas Chainsaw Master 2022 Netflix movie, um, I, the kill, the, the, the kills yeah. on the bus. That's the best thing about that movie. Everything else is pure stupidity, oh, especially what they did with Sally bringing her back. I know it's a different actress playing her, but like, I did not care for, it's like they basically brought her back just to kill her. And they were trying to make some kind of commentary. It's like these old bitches coming back, wouldn't do anything. Uh, Lori Strode coming back, you know, she wouldn't do shit to Michael. It's like, all right, that's your comment. That's whatever. But I mean, it, it plays out like shit in the movie. So I don't really want to watch it. Yeah, that, you know, that movie, like it's good for about 15 minutes and then it just goes fucking way off. You're like, Oh my God, dude, that was bad. The, the worst, the worst thing for me is that it was directed by the same guy who directed the evil dead remake. And I know that you've had issues with that, I think, but like I, I as a remake, I thought that the gore and stuff like that was like hopped up, you know, enough to where I enjoyed it. And I just like, I don't know what he did. Like, but he did not, See, I I I liked chainsaw. the Evil Dead remake. I liked it. I just hated the end, where the the yeah. thing actually comes out of hell. It's like, oh man, yeah. That that was like the, <laughs> that was like the one gripe. But overall, the movie itself is good. The story's good. Like all the different stuff happening was good. It was it was. It's a good horror fucking movie. It's I just, really I don't gritty. understand how that director went on to make the <clears throat> Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie for Netflix. Like they're night and day. Like they're there's not the same quality at all. Money w- and yeah. Netflix probably. It was how much you're gonna pay me? Yeah, and I'm wondering. Well, was Netflix involved with? Hey, we want a little bit of this or that. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, usually Netflix wants to succeed. So. You know what my biggest gripe about some of these movies they do when Netflix gets involved? There's too many people that operate in the L.A. bubble that get involved oh, yeah. with doing these. <clears throat> so it ends up being a movie about the bubble. and but they, just, but they just transplant whatever villain into the equation. So they make the movie about the bubble, and then they fill it in with the story of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But you're still stuck in the idea of the bubble of Hollywood. You just You just put some paint on it. Is what it comes out being That's a lot true. of times. Speaking of paint, let's get on to these masks. What? Yeah, so uh, what's your uh, thought? We pulled up the Screen Rant mm-hmm. article if anybody wants to, you know, follow along. And, like, you know, just kind of looking at the different versions of Leatherface throughout the years. And um, the definitely, I, I agree with the ranking for the last one, that one from the, you know, the next generation where it's just like, it looks like some kind of white mask that, you know, with a bad wig, bad look. That that was a bad, bad mask in that movie. It looks like Mrs. Doubtfire. Hey, they were just learning how to do transgender surgeries. Give them a break. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looked like in the beginning. Uh, they hadn't perfected it. The initial mask that they did in uh and Texas Chainsaw 3D uh does looks stupid as hell uh when you look at it from like you know it's uh, like a furry animal not, like, mask and, yeah <laughs> yeah he looks it looks it looks really bad yeah I'm looking at it he lo- he definitely looks like he attended a special school. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Uh, the Jigsaw Michael Myers mask from Leatherface 2017. It's not terrible. I mean, it's not Leatherface necessarily to yeah. me, but uh, <clears throat> it's not terrible. Yeah. 
the uh, Frankenstein slash clown face, as they call it from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Uh, it's an effective mask. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's creepy as fuck. So yeah, I'm telling you, it's got to be the coloring of what they used in the film. They had like a grayish tone with with a hint of blue. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, they had a lot of blue filter in that. Uh, film. I think they did green too because sometimes it just comes through. It makes it look sickly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about the ranking and like having it in, toward the mid, bottom of the middle. So because I feel like it's a little bit better than that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was my number one. Leather... Oh, go ahead, Revan. I was just going to say they ranked the black leather mask from Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning higher, and I just think that looks like Mankind's mask that he always wore when he was wrestling more than it does anything else. I mean, let me see it. Flip it if you way. take a look I at that I sent you one. the article. My uh, phone's dead. Oh, it looks, I don't know, kind of, it looks like the Gimp a little bit. Sexy. Yeah, it, it looks just more like Mankind's face, like yeah, from, you know. That's not, there's nothing uh, frightening about that. The uh, stitched mask that he wears in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, um, it's a Hollywood version of the first mask. It's it's okay. I, I, I Like I said, the eyes being opened up, I mean, it, it serves its point as far as, like, being able to, you know, see him a little bit better and, like, you know, get a little bit more empathy for him, yeah. even if it's not, like, full on. Empathize you, with the character. You know what I like about the second one is the fact that the character that, that played it doing his, using his tongue and the eye yeah. movement. Yeah. That's what really sells the creepiness. The mask is like, yeah, okay, it's like, you know, it's not the most over-the-top horrible thing, but it's his reaction to, like, how you think his face is moving behind that thing. You're like, oh, this guy's fucking weird. Yeah, that's true. Oh, and they had a weird thing in the, the remake, I just remembered, where he's, the reason he wears mask in that one is because, like, he's got a skin condition. His face looks like some kind of weird version of Skeletor. Like, you know, like it's half flesh, half bone. Like, do you remember that? portion of the movie yeah i remember uh, hearing about it i don't remember seeing anything i don't know. know why they it's really weird i don't know why they put it in there to be perfectly honest but you know it is what it is uh the blood soaked skin mask from leatherface takes a chase on massacre three it's creepy i don't know that i would put it above part two myself but it's giving silence um, of the lambs it's giving I it think puts the, guy, the lotion yeah. in the basket i think the teeth are more creepier than anything yeah, they're pretty nasty. And his the lips look rotted, but that's just because it's over his lips. Uh, the blood looks yeah. fake as fuck, though. And and that's the thing about that movie is that there's a lot more blood. Like, it's it's in that, in Leatherface part, you know, Texas Chainsaw 3, because they were trying to make it more horrific, you know, going back to the roots. And then they ranked the first mask as the, you know, like, number one, like, the best. And I can't. I mean, cause there are multiples in that, but I still, even the kill mask to me, it just, it looks, it looks like it really could be a real human mask. So yeah. human skin mask. Um, yeah, you, so I can't disagree about that, with having like, it number one. The first one, I just like the fact that he threw makeup on it and did different shit to it. Like, like he treated it like a real face. Yeah. That one. And That's then, creepy yeah, as and fuck. I'm, and then there's that one. That one was creepier. The makeup was creepier to me because it looked like it made his eyes look a little more sunken in. I can't believe that big boy was able to chase down that girl with a chainsaw and platforms. Well, it's it's not. It was it was like a cowboy boot with a higher back to it. But it doesn't. When I was looking at the photos of it, I've seen higher high cowboy boots. Um, but I'm I wasn't saying, impressed. Is what I'm saying. He wasn't running her down on a basketball court. He's out there running in terrain. 
That's true. With these bullshit shoes on, holding a chainsaw that's smoking, <laughs> and he could still run her yeah. down. And 110 degree weather, yeah. mind you, and him being a big old boy. Yeah, it's the shirt's probably been sweated on so much it's like starched. It probably feels good though when he sweats <laughs> and the and like it does not cool in Texas, but running you get a little bit of breeze is what that I'm saying. That big boy had to be chafed up. <laughs> oh God, he's got some Fermanda going on. I bet your showers felt uh, so good at the end of the day. Y'all want to hit the trivia up for the various movies uh, while we're at it? Yes. Uh, TCM2. So the corpse that chopped top and Leatherface carry around is Nubbins. Nubbins. Uh, from the first movie. Nubbins, sire. Uh, director Toby Hooper and co-writer of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Kim Hinkle, originally had an idea for a sequel that would feature an entire town of cannibals and would have been a satire of the film Motel Hell. Uh, which itself is a satire of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The title of that sequel was to be Beyond the Valley of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but the studio forced considerable changes to be made to the screenplay, even hiring a new screenwriter, and the result of those changes is what became Texas Chainsaw Part 2. I'm glad they made them change it. Oh, yeah. That sounds actually, the the whole town being cannibals reminds me a lot of the remake, and that's the one thing I did not like about it, because everywhere they went, it's like more Hewitts, and I'm like, fuck, just... Not everybody has to be this shitty family. Like, come on now. Everyone's a Skywalker. <laughs> you know what? Thinking about that corpse, how good of a, a part that was to play on the creepiness and how, like, fucked up they actually were. That's like, that was like a good move to have that weird. Because it's not, it's not that the corpse was there. They were interactive with it, making it do shit and making it way creepier. And like, and, oh, yeah. and to think about it, it's a dead body and you're out fucking around playing with it. <laughs> Well, and he's even giving it a voice. Like, yeah. Chop Top oh, yeah. is, like, talking for it through a lot of the scenes. Did any of you, what did y'all think when y'all saw the corpse for uh, Franklin in the wheelchair? That the, was a the stretch. Thing, well, the one thing I did like was the light coming on because it, it, it Oh, back, yeah. if you watch them, especially back to back, he was he had his flashlight on and it was in the middle of it and right whenever he got, you know, saw it in two so the fact that it was it was like the battery but i mean i know it'd been like 12 years later so the batteries would probably been like just salt and whatever at that point but still it was like a nice little throwback to say that he was killed in the middle of having the light on and i kind of liked that portion of it it was just a stretch to think they would get this nobody cripple yeah and take him with them and store it like how like how many years was that almost 13 years Something like that, yeah. So they moved him from place to place, finding out where to settle at, kind of. taking and you, that. And you're telling me they didn't chop up that fat boy and put him in some kind of stew? Yeah. Like, that's veal. That's prime veal ass. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's a lot of... Speaking of that, there was, a, there was something from the script that never made it in the movie where there was a TV dinner guy. When Stretch is, like, running away from him at the end of the movie, she passes by this guy who's strapped to a chair in front of a TV, and he's being served TV dinners, and the point is, is that they're fattening him up so that they can get him good and prime before they, they gut him. And, oh, uh, that would have been so good if they'd put that in the movie. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Uh, the family group shot is seen in the advertisements, posters, and video covers uses the same positioning as promotional uh, group shot for the movie uh, The Breakfast Club, and it is. It's, it's it is. Here, I'll pull it up. That's awesome. Um, 
while she's doing that. Caroline Williams wanted to make a strong impression at her audition. When she was called in, she went to the end of the hallway and ran screaming into the room uh, where Toby Hooper and LM Kit Carson were at, and she pulled uh, them out of their seats and then used the chairs to barricade the door before she began her scene. Um, and you know, involving a lot of screaming, and then like that's what got you know got them to acknowledge her because she had like the the she showed that she had the chops for the action portions of it, like the you know that she needed when she was running away from them and all that. So that was awesome. That was good thinking, actually. Yeah, it was a real smart way for an audition. I got to give her credit for that. I mean. Uh, Stretch unofficially appears in two more films. Uh, she appears in the uncredited role as a TV reporter in, in Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw 3, which kind of fits because yeah. the, she kind of hints that she wants to be a, a actual news reporter in, in part two. And according to Williams, the director, Jeff Burr, told her, look, I don't know how long these Chainsaw films will carry on, but I want to keep your character alive. I don't want to get rid of you. You are not mentioned anywhere in the screenplay, but I want to make sure that this is that for the ages, if anybody wants to revisit stretch, it has to be you. Uh, you will be in part three. The fans will know it's you. And in addition to that, she also appeared in the hatchet three, uh, playing the news reporter, Amanda Palmer. And she says that BJ McDowell told me she stretched. That's what we're doing here. I played the character of Amanda precisely. She would be stretched grown up. She changed her name and then married a law enforcement guy named Zach, uh, played by Zach Galligan. Uh, and she split with him because she's a woman who's obsessed with pursuing these legends, these myths, which are uh, in her mind are not myths. So basically they're hitting that in Hatchet 3. The character she plays is Stretch, but just under a different name, which is kind of interesting. That's a pretty good story arc, actually. This an ambitious woman who's not doesn't want to settle down. I actually like that kind of idea. Yeah, and the fact that she would change her name, too, because after the trauma she went through, it's kind of like you said that she would have a mark against her by the general public, so she would want to kind of get away from that a little bit. Oh, yeah, easily. I could see that, especially being in, like, a, a, a more of a rural area of Texas. You don't want to be, like, a, as an outcast. And that, that'd be a way to get away from those roots. Uh, many fans of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974 disliked Part 2 due to its emphasis on gore and wacky humor. Uh, Toby Hooper has argued that black humor was also present in the original film, but viewers did not acknowledge it because of its shocking content. Uh, so that's the reason it didn't, didn't do as well. People went to watch it and they're like, what the fuck's this comedy going on? Like, that's not what Chainsaw's about. But that's the weird um, part. If you, like, if you watch the, the brother who ran the shop, he very much is that like it's over the, it's, he's the same character. Like they just yeah. amped him up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw 3. So director Jeff Burr was fired at the beginning of the production. When nobody else accepted the job, he was rehired. He claims that he was probably the 50th director offered the job, as many others, such as John McNaughton, Peter Jackson, Tom Savini, and many others all turned it down. He also claimed that New Line forbade him from talking to Toby Hooper, but never found out. But he never found out why they didn't want him to talk to him. Um, the film trailer was done before they even had a director and before the production started. So that's a bad way to start a movie. You've got oh, a trailer shit. for a movie that's not even filmed. Um, <clears throat> the original script was much more brutal, explicit gore sequences. The producers objected to many of the scenes, one of which had a nude man, a nude man being uh, split down the middle while hung upside down. Hello, terrifier. Uh, and demanded extensive changes to the script to reduce gore and violence. Uh, further cuts had to be made to avoid an X rating after the film was finished. Uh, there was supposed to be a brutal unmasking scene, which would reveal Leatherface is horribly disfigured. That yeah. scene was scrapped despite an obvious buildup during the opening credits, 
and saved because New Line wanted to use it in the next sequel, which never materialized. It was eventually used in the remake, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, you know, and that's kind of what I was talking about where they hinted his face is all fucked up due to some kind of condition. And um, the only it's the only Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie not filmed in Texas. It was actually filmed outside Los Angeles, California, which might explain its weird setting where it was half swamp, half whatever. Uh, the farmhouse and the gas station were sets built for the for the film. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. Uh, this film would be the last film in the series where Marilyn Burns portrayed Sally Hardesty, although only as a corpse. Uh, she would only reappear in Texas Chainsaw 3D as uh, Sally via archive footage and as a completely different character named Verna Carson. Uh, due to her passing in 2014, she would be recast with uh, Owen uh, Furrier as in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022, which I don't feel like that lady did a pretty good did a good job as that character. What do you think, Noah? No. I, I just, I, I don't, I just, that movie, dude, it's just, I, I get really worried about the stuff Netflix is attached to sometimes. That's my biggest gripe, because it's very, it's only like a 25% hit, 25% hit accuracy on something good. Like, a lot of times, it's bad. Like, they, I, I don't, I don't know what a lot of their, their what is that? It's it's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre meme. Oh my god! When boys hug you from behind and it's Pam being <laughs> drugged back into the house. I, I get so worried about when Netflix does something because the accuracy of of them actually hitting a good market is only like twenty five percent. But the twenty five back to bottom too. That's the reason their numbers are so far down too. And but the the thing that sucks too is when they do do something when they do do something good, it's like really good. But that's like twenty five percent of the time, and it's just. It sucks. <laughs> it's it's a bad batting record. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah. Um, 